This program is presented by a community producer through Midland Community Television. The City of Midland and MCTV are not responsible for the content of the program. The views presented do not necessarily represent those of the City of Midland or MCTV. If you would like to produce your own program, contact MCTV at 837-3474 or access our website, cityofmidlandmi.gov slash MCTV. The following presentation of the Midland City Planning Commission will begin in a moment. The Midland City Planning Commission is responsible for overseeing the city's master plan, conducting public hearings, and offering recommendations to the City Council on a wide range of local land use issues. The Planning Commission consists of nine Midland residents who are appointed by the City Council. Planning Commission meets two Tuesdays per month at 7 p.m. in Council Chambers at City Hall. This presentation is provided by the MCTV Network, a service of the City of Midland. Replays of this meeting can be found on MGTV Channel 188 on Charter Spectrum, through Channel 99 on AT&T Uverse, or on demand at www.cityofmidlandmi.gov. Select meetings are available on MCTV Network's Government Affairs Podcast Channel. We have a quorum. Uh, next item on the agenda is approval of the minutes from our last regular meeting held on January 11th. Any comments or revisions, petitioners? If not, I'm looking for a motion. I move to approve the minutes from the last meeting. I have a motion. A second. second. All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed, same sign. All right, meeting minutes are approved. Uh, we have no new public hearings on the agenda this evening. Um, so the next item on the agenda is old business. Um, we have back before us PUD number 19, which was initiated by Landmark Assisted Living and Memory Care for mixed use redevelopment um, of properties located at 800 Rockwell and 5217 and 15, 5221 Bay City Road. And I believe Mr. Marshall has a presentation. Right. I do, Chairman. And as I get that pulled up, um, as you indicated, this is um, a project that was before the commission back during the last meeting on January 11th. Um, at that time, the public hearing was held. Um, and there was some information requested of the applicant ahead of tonight's meeting um, at the request of the, the commission. 
Before I go into those details, though, I do want to give just a basic background of the proposal. Um, this is a request of a concept plan. Uh, you may recall that the PUD ordinance has two separate approvals. They can be combined, combined. However, this proposal has not chosen to combine them. And so you have the concept plan, which is conceptual and information. There would then be a detailed plan that would follow after this. Um, and that would be more at the site plan review level, um, that type of information that you're customarily um, wanting to see. So dimensions of parking and um, exact landscaping and all of that, that's something that would come at a later date if the concept plan is given approval by the city council. The project of before you is for landmark assisted living and memory care. The agent is Archiverity Design um, on behalf of um, MNM Healthcare LLC. Uh, the location is five, four parcels, um, 800 Rockwell Drive, uh, 5221 and 5217 Bay City Road, all of which are zoned RC Regional Commercial. And this is an adaptive reuse of the existing hotels into a new senior uh, living and assisted, um, sorry, assisted living for seniors and memory care facility. It also includes a small commercial retail space. Those four parcels that you see highlighted here on the image extend from Rockwell Drive, including the RV park, um, all the way through uh, the pond area and the existing Days Inn um, parking lots and the Best Western. It's the four parcels that um, include this entire yellow shaded area. Zooming in on the site, though, you can see that in a little bit greater detail adjacent to the M Studio or former M Studio, as well as Valley Plaza. Um, which is located here where my cursor is at, extending onto Bay City Road with the Banquet Center and then the um, interior or indoor recreation facility as well. <coughs> the changes that are proposed largely extend onto these three parcels that I see, have highlighted here. So there is no proposal to change at this time the RV park that would stay in existence as it's currently functioning, but there would be a change of use for uh, the three parcels that are highlighted here in yellow including the, the current Days Inn, the Best Western, um, and the area that I spoke about with the parking lots and that pond uh, that you can see on the image here. All of this is zoned regional commercial, as is properties to the south and to the southwest, which is the pink shade on the map. Um, properties to the north and northeast are um, outside of the city limits within uh, Williams Township of Bay County. Um, adjacent zoning also includes IA Industrial across the street, um, where the uh, new Savant headquarters will be located um, and uh, regional commercial that fronts onto Bay City Road as well. It's not showing here on the image, but the new Costco location is just off to the southwest of Bay City Road and Rockwell Drive. When we look at the future land use map, this is an area of the city that has been discussed in recent years relative to our uh, most recent update of the master plan, which happened in 2018. Uh, that did include a transition from um, high-density residential to a more commercial and light industrial purposes. Um, that is something that does um, show along uh, Bay City Road corridor from the, the um, vehicle interchange of US-10 um, to the west and further um, towards the intersection of Waldo uh, Road. It's not shown on the map here, um, but the intent is for this to be a commercial corridor um, with the light industrial that would be tucked behind um, the back um, as shown in the purple shades here along Rockwell and uh, further to where Rockwell turns into James Savage. <coughs> Other future land use designations in this area does include low density residential of land to the north and northeast um, and then office service down to the southeast. 
when looking at the proposed layout of the, um, the concept plan that's been shown, you can see uh, both the assisted and the memory care facilities as well as the auxiliary uses that would be on the site um, doing the adaptive reuse of the property um, in the north side surrounding the existing pond um, as well as the uh, Bay Best Western Hotel um, both assisted in memory care would be located in there. And then this orange um, portion of the image that you see here would be the retail space on the first floor um, of this corner of the building. Um, it would be located in a way that would have the most frontage um, and most exposure to um, those on Bay City Road driving uh, down that corridor. <coughs> Within the plan, there's also been um, uh, layouts that's been shown of how the renovation would take place utilizing the existing rooms within the facility and modifications to other common areas of the existing locations as well. They are showing concept designs for the interior courtyards um, and then the parking that would surround um, two changes to corridors as well as access up into the upper floors is also indicated on the floor plans as well. These are shown for both the first, uh, the, the front building as well as the rear building, um, as you see here, um, being adjacent to that stormwater management pond. <clears throat> so with this, um, the concept plan, um, I didn't go through the eligibility criteria this evening. That's something that we did spend a lot of time with back on January 11th, um, but staff has found that the proposal largely meets the city's requirements for the concept plan review. We talked about the use and how it could be argued that is justified even though the master plan is not fully compatible or the use is fully not, not fully compatible with the existing master plan. Within the PUD ordinance itself, it does allow for a decision to be made in consideration of other needs that the city has at the time that the PUD is being proposed. Of course, we know at this time there is a need for additional types of housing um, at, of all kinds within the city. We also recognize too that um, adaptive reuse of underutilized property is advantageous to the city. Um, this is something that is being uh, proposed, a new investment to this uh, facility um, to take it from its current state into something that would be um, newer and fresher for the users there. One thing I do want to point out, it is a bit uh, non-traditional um, in our understanding of the regional commercial use. Um, and so that could be argued that the misuse redevelopment of one single use properties can be more resilient for future market changes. So that is really a decision that the, the commission needs to, to render this evening. Um, <clears throat> so with that, really the, the thoughts um, of how the PUD ordinance is spelled out really gives the planning commission uh, the purview to, to focus on the eligibility criteria, to talk about the use of the site related to its surrounding context and also the design. Um, I would encourage all of you this evening to consider um, your decision under those three areas. And again, staff has found that the proposal does meet the city's eligibility criteria. Back on January 11th, there was a request by the Planning Commission to provide um, two pieces of additional information, the first being examples by the developer of other hotel conversion projects that they've, been, uh, that they've accomplished um, to assisted living or memory care, um, as well as additional information around the proposed retail use. Um, the applicant is going to present that information this evening. We did not have that at the time of publishing the um, agenda or the agenda on Friday, but that did come in and we were able to amend the agenda with that information. We also have copies of that information um, that have been printed out for all of you this evening. Um, but I do understand that the applicant will talk about that here after I'm finished. <clears throat> that leads us into then process. Um, the Planning Commission did hold their public hearing back on January 11th. Um, 
we would ask for your consideration of the proposal this evening. Um, <clears throat> if that's the case, it would move on to scheduling a public hearing by council on February 11th, and then city council would hold that public hearing on February 28th. You may recall at the time of the public hearing uh, last meeting, we did have two public comments given in opposition to the proposal. Um, uh, there was also a written comment that was submitted by one of those that spoke um, in front of the public, or at the public hearing, um, articulating additional opposition to this. That has also been printed out and given to you as a copy um, ahead of the meeting tonight. And with that, Chairman, I will entertain any questions. Questions, commissioners. I know some of us weren't here for the original presentation, but James, go ahead. Uh, when I compare this to the packet that was presented uh, two weeks ago, uh, just confirm that the only slide that's changed, you know, the diagrams is the one labeled SP1. And it looks like there's some changes around the pond related to landscaping. It is, just want to make sure there's nothing else going on there that I'm not aware of. So there shouldn't be any changes to the, the actual overall layout that's been submitted? Yeah. It looked um, like some more detail around the... Uh, the pond itself? Uh, the pond, there, there's kind of a bubble uh, around the pond, if I got that right. Okay. I'm looking at the right... It's a different date. Yeah, what, the one uh, that was last uh, meeting was dated November 15th, and the one that's uh, in the packet that we got was uh, dated uh, January 11th. Yes. Okay. And, and it looks like there's a little bit of a more bubbly area uh, right in the lower left corner of the retention pond. And yes. it looks like all they were doing, all that the difference is, is uh, some landscaping detail. I just wanted to confirm that, that you know, some of this stuff, uh, the other slides especially were, were pretty detailed and hard to read, you know, on a, a tablet. And I want to make sure there's nothing going on that I wasn't aware of last week. Yes. Yeah, so, and I, I guess I'll look over to Ryan too to see if there's anything that he caught as well. But in um, the areas highlighted in the bubbling would indicate yeah. a change. So it looks like it's trash enclosure changes as well as those landscaping um, changes as well. Okay. Yeah, Grant, if I may. Um, the landscaping around the retention pond um, showed a larger amount of land uh, between the building and the retention pond. Uh, so we had reached out to the applicants and tried to get something a little closer to the actual amount of space that was uh, between the retention pond and the building. So that's what that revised site plan is showing. Okay. Uh, along with the trash enclosure. Yeah. And there are no other changes to the other slide that was included in this week's packet. They're, they're identical to what was submitted last week. That is correct. Um, with the addition to the amended agenda, um, the addition of the commercial space rendering, as well as the examples of um, the hotels converted to assisted living provided by the applicants. Yeah, but that wasn't in the packet we got uh, last Thursday or Friday, was it? It was not. No, that okay. was in the yep. okay. packet that went out yesterday. <laughs> 
Yeah, go ahead, John. Um, so um, there was a letter in opposition that was submitted, and um, I'm pretty sure Mrs. Rapanis had talked last meeting. Yes. Apologize, I was not here. There's 10 questions on here. Were those addressed at that meeting that she had asked? They were not. They, they were not, no. Anything else, Sean? Yeah, I just, I just don't. I just feel like some of them. I'm wondering if we should talk. I mean, I don't know if this is something we should discuss or try to get some answers to. Um, so I think we'll hear from the applicant. I'm going to reopen okay. the public hearing okay. um, since okay. we do have uh, people here who were last time. Um, okay. and there is new information, so okay. um, and then we'll move into the declaration. So thank you. Um, but Ariel and Aaron, do you guys have questions? I know you weren't able to be here during the original That's presentation. That's was same as uh, Sean. Just I think these are these seem pretty legitimate and worth getting some answers on, I mean, the bulk of them. Okay. I think that we could probably make a better decision if we had them. Okay. Aaron? No. Okay. Jamie, anything um, for you at this point? No, Questions this for Grant? Point. Okay. Thank you. Right. I think we're good. Thank you, Grant. All right. Thank you. So we will go ahead and reopen the public hearing for this, and first we'll uh, invite the petitioner to come back up and present. Um, we will then go ahead and invite public comments and support and then public comments in opposition, at which point the applicant will be given the opportunity to provide final comments and rebuttal again. Um, so with that, I would invite, if you'd like, the applicant to come back up and present. <coughs> we'll need name and address for both of you and to stand on the blue map, please. Nileske Malavia, 2838 Pimlico Lane, Saginaw, Michigan, 48603. Dave Kaiser, uh, 5321 Portland. Thank you. How are we putting this up again? Oh, it is up there already. Okay. Okay, one of the questions that was asked of us last week was present some other projects that, the, that they have, this group has done. Um, and what this list is right here is the first three items here are other projects that currently are in process um, with working on. The Wind Gardens in Southfield, Comfort in Plano, Texas, and then the Bay Valley Resort over in Bay, in Bay County. And then these other um, projects are ones that they've completed in the past and they're operational right now. The Parkdale one is the one in Michigan, and uh, it was opened in 2000? Uh, 2020, August of 2020. Okay. This is the Wind Garden Inn. Um, again, this is a project that hasn't been converted yet, but this is one of the properties they're going to be converting over to a assisted living facility. And this is the uh, Comfort Inn in Plano, Texas, which is a really nice building. And of course, we all know Bay Valley Resort. Now, this is the Parkdale facility in Clinton Township. It was a very uh, large hotel. How many rooms are in that? It's 160 rooms. 160 rooms. And it's been fully converted to uh, assisted living. In memory care. In memory care. And it's 60% occupied right, right now? Right now, 60%. Okay. So this is the this is the what the it looks like after the renovation. You know, the guest rooms. The guest rooms are actually residences. Public spaces. 
is a skyline village. It's in Birmingham, Alabama. It's a beautiful location. It overlooks a city. That's why it's called Skyline. Um, this is examples of interior changes that are made to the facility. This is the view of the city off in the distance over here. This is before and after the renovations were done. See the dumpsters out there? <laughs> <laughs> City Center um, Village is actually in downtown Decatur, uh, Alabama. So it's right in a, in a commercial district. It was a hotel and it's been fully converted over. This is the neighborhood. This is a kitty corner. It's a bit large park where they have a, an amphitheater and they have performances out there. And then this is a, a major landmark monument. This is right next door. It's a historical bank building. It's used for, by the public. And then this is the shopping district right across the street. This last one is Cherokee Village. What's the name of that city? It's another one in Alabama, and uh, it's been converted over as well. This one actually has a chapel inside. In the library, the public dining spaces, not public dining spaces, the, re it's the residential It's a multi-purpose area. Yeah. And then this is like a one-bedroom unit. So let's answer some of the questions that were from last week. Um, we understand the letter was sent with question, additional questions that we did not see that letter, um, but we did get an email from um, Christine Rapanos regarding some concerns we had and responded to her. We actually met with her last Friday too and had a discussion with her. So we I tried to resolve her concerns. Mm -hmm. We tried our, to our best of ability, whatever the questions they had. And we fully understand that her business cannot be compromised just because we are coming up with something. So we ensured that we satisfy them so that they are not going to get hurt. We agreed to most of the conditions, what they lay out or what they asked of us. And uh, there are some things which can be mutually uh, set on a table and decided as mm -hmm. such. But we, we are making, we are ensuring that she doesn't get compromised. Her business doesn't get compromised. Appreciate that. A question, commissioners. Currently had 161 rooms. Is that what you said? I'm sorry, How many rooms in Parkdale? At Parkdale, 160 rooms. 160 rooms. 160. 160. And you said it's 60%. We are at 60%. We opened it. We opened in August, and that was during Corona time. And in December, January, we see very less of migration to the assisted living because of the holidays and the weather. But by April or May, we are expecting it to be at 75 to 80 percent. Okay, and you say currently six zero percent. We are at six zero. Okay. Other questions, commissioners? James? Uh, are they going to address the nature of the commercial space now, or is that a oh. subsequent? I had a similar question. Yep. Yeah, there was the other separate question around not just design but use. Um, and I know there's a picture, or at least a rendering, it looks like on the back of the information we received. Right, this is the rendering right here. Uh, 
So this is the corner of the building. It's the southwest uh, corner of the building. And that's the area that doesn't need to be retail space. And the intent here is to have complimentary retail in there. So we're looking for a, a small pharmacy or a, a satellite dry cleaner location or a medical supply facility. So we're gonna, you really want to limit who can come into the space. Okay. James, did that answer your question? That, that, that uh, so it would be in the nature of services, commercial services to support the residents of the facility right. and is not targeted nor would you envision that having customers other than maybe visitors to the facility well, there may be retail customers there. It's going to be open yeah. to anybody who wants to it shop. It will be open, sir, but it yeah. will be largely to the senior community okay. whom we need to cater. But and even targeted. it's not in our interest to have a lot yeah. of traffic on the building. Mm. Yeah. Any other questions, James? Uh, mm, uh, one that I probably should ask last time, and I only asked this because, you know, uh, references on both sides were made to the old Holiday Inn. And uh, the question is, have you done any diligence on that facility to kind of be confident there's no asbestos or things like that that would slow the project down? Uh, I'm sorry, sir, I didn't get you. We want to know if there could be any asbestos in the building, and we really don't know that at this point. Okay, yeah. well, what is that's... That asbestos? No, sir. Yeah. Yeah, we don't think well, so. that'll be part of the process. Is it is okay. tested for that? So the other questions I had, just to clarify more than anything, is when we're looking at this packet. Um, uh, really appreciate um, some examples of the work that you are doing and the work that you have done, um, but just wanted to be sure the pictures we saw of the current projects under development, uh, they look like they're just pictures of what's currently they there, correct? Been, they have not been renovated. So okay. two of the properties are re under rezoning, and today we got the rezoning approval from the city of Southgate. That was today itself. So we haven't started really work on that as such. Okay, yeah. I just want to make sure that I understood what I'm looking at, which is for that's why it kept one page for each one. Yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So the three projects that are currently under development, the pictures there, what's already there, the four that are listed, and the pictures that come later are actually completed renovations or redevelopments at yep. that point. Okay. Any other questions? Go ahead, Ariel. Um, I think that the um, comment in opposition made a point that I would love to have answered too, that there um, is some doubt that the conversion can support 234 residents. So the question was, can the Best Western be converted and then the Days Inn remain a hotel and health club? Is that, has that been answered already? They're wondering if the market can, can sustain both facilities as conversion to assisted living right away. Yes, ma'am. Uh, that is one report we had submitted originally, and we can resubmit it to you. There's a vacancy or there's a demand for 1,800 to 2,000 rooms for assisted living, and there is 900 bed, beds demand or shortage in the market for memory living. So we are fully conscious that there is a market for it. People are looking for it. In the last commission, in the last meeting, it was asked to us. And uh, there are people right now who has to go all the way to Detroit or Lansing to drop their parents or near ones because of the shortage. Is there, um, can I ask a follow-up question? Yeah. Is there, um, is that research like for the state of Michigan? Because the Mount Clemens location, it seems 
um, was under the 60% that you had originally projected? Man, this location, the 60% what we are talking about, that only opened in August, August of 2021. It takes time. So it takes time. And okay. then you lose your two, three months for the winter and holidays and everything. But so all our other facilities are doing upward of 90%. So Wherever we have completed the projects, we are doing it right now at 90%. Okay. So what percent is it currently occupied at, just so I understand? Is it at 60% right now? Sorry? Is, is that facility? Is it 60 right now? Okay. This is 60% in Parkdale, uh, Clinton Township. Okay. Yeah, Primrose was open before that. It just it just filled up recently, like, you know, which is the new one out on Waldo. Yeah. Yeah. So um, uh, I want to get to public comments. So James, what's let's finish uh, up our questions. I just follow up on that one, and and also to Grant. I mean, this conceptual plan is a single phase plan that includes both the uh, both facilities, right? That's correct. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Now, construction-wise, we're probably going to phase it and do one and then the other, depending on how things work out. But that's that's the intent. So, any last questions? All right. We also want to the schedule for the the current owner of the with uh, Christine, who has some contracts with the, with the existing property too. So we want to work with her on that. Okay. And we ensured that we are going to fulfill that contract. Yeah. Okay. We appreciate the additional information. Um, we guys are gonna step down. Um, we're gonna continue with the public hearing process and we'll invite you guys back up at the end. Uh, we'll go ahead and welcome public comments in support of the petition. Any public comments in support? We'll now welcome public comments in opposition to the petition. Thank you. Uh, name and uh, address on the blue mat, please. Yes, good evening, everyone. My name is John Midget, um, 44823 Marigold, Sterling Heights. I am married to Christine Rapanos. Uh, I'm speaking on my behalf. She makes her own decisions, but this is my <laughs> opinion. <laughs> uh, when this project was presented, I had many different perspectives, some positive and others negative. The positive one related to the emotion which we've had over the years was, which is, Finally, a new owner, maybe they'll do something to clean up the property. Uh, that emotion was quickly turned upside down, as it has been every time in the past with a new owner. I would like to talk about all the direct and indirect impacts on the area a project like this would create. I believe the only good project is one that benefits everyone and does not harm anyone else. Before I begin with my perspective, I'd like to remind the commission of the history of this area. Historically, it saw very little future as a business corridor it did not have both an on and off ramp. My father-in-law, Nick, Nick Rapanos, donated the land to the state to entice them to build the on off ramp, the additional on off ramp. My wife, Christine, was active in donating the land for the hockey arena. She also worked on her own to convince Costco for about 15 years to come to, uh, to Midland and to this site because she saw the future of the site. Um, if it Everything she's done or her family's done in the past has fit this vision and the previous investments that they made. The history was to grow the area, and now the foundation is built, and the growth will continue with or without this project. Additionally, Valley Lanes and the Great Hall saw many improvements over the previous years. This past uh, period over the last two years during COVID, a large addition was uh, taking place with a uh, uh, laser tag facility. And less than two years ago, the family acquired the movie theater for the purpose of expanding the family entertainment center. Many potential concepts are being discussed. If you look at the picture, you'll see how close that movie theater project building is to the front door of this facility. 
is a significant building. I don't know how many square feet, 15,000, 20,000 square feet. And it's hard to envision a family entertainment center so close to what I compare it to something like a hospital emergency room entrance. So in motion number one is we need something there which will not give us a problem. Something new does not necessarily eliminate problems. The property is on its third owner, as I mentioned. I visited Parkdale's other facility in Mount Clemens this past Saturday. It has a capacity, I thought of 140, but 150. And the person working, which I saw outside on her cell phone, as she was talking to her boyfriend, arguing with her boyfriend, about her having to leave, him wanting her to leave work, and her having to stay because they had to search for a lost resident, and her and the manager were the only people on site that could look for that person. So she let me in, I looked around, it was very grand, it's very nice and beautiful, but there was nobody at the front. She continued to tell me that there was only 20 current residents. My wife and I confirmed this earlier today when we talked to their um, the person that makes reservations, their marketing person. She told us 26, and then she corrected herself and said, well, last Wednesday there was 24, but we lost a couple people. So maybe it is around 20. That's not 60%, that's like 12, 13%. And I heard the commission ask him several times today, he repeated 60%. Uh, when I go around to the back of the building, there was a lot of debris. Not just loose paper, the garbage that was overlooked, but up, light poles that were uprooted with cement, you know, heavy cement sticking up, laying on the ground. So it concerned me. We did have a nice meeting the other day, but what I saw last Saturday concerned me. The other, the other motion is we are benefiting development the, the, the benefiting the development of a business environment. I'm here to tell you that for some reason, we believe an elder facility benefits the business district. I'm not sure how that occurs, but I do know how it can harm. The business district zoning benefits the Valley, Valley uh, Family Entertainment Center and Great Hall. Many events take place which would not if hotels were not there. A large future investment, which I mentioned at the movie theater, I cannot see how millions can be invested there at a family entertainment project in that building 30 feet from the front door of this facility. The average stay at these facilities is one and a half years, or approximately, that works out to one person deceased or near deceased moving out every three days. That's not a small amount of activity. And I don't think it's appropriate next to a family fun center at a wedding facility. I, may, I, I understand that this project may fit the definition of a pilot plan or development. And the retail helps fit that Fits, fits that vision. But from what I've seen at Parkdale, I cannot envision at a very difficult to access and exit uh, retail in the front really ever being running out. I don't think it's there for any other reason for except for architectural drawings, with all due respect. I really don't. It will not be an active retail center. Uh, another reason, the property, I think the board is anxious. We were anxious every time we see something like I mentioned before. We're anxious and we want something to happen there. But uh, if you believe that this property will deteriorate and you have to do something, and it's the only way, this is not necessarily the only way to solve the problem. Eventually, either the operator or current operator will figure it out or he will fail. And if he fails, something else will come there. Like I said, this area is headed for growth. Somebody will take that property eventually and do something fantastic with it. Uh, but like I said, uh, there are other issues. Trust is a big issue. We met with the owners last week at the Arctis. We had a nice conversation. We mentioned our concerns, and they were amicable to all those concerns. We want to reassure ourselves, so we sent a letter to them. 
They responded today, and they were not as reassuring. They said, we could do an ambulance entrance in the back of the building. Today they said, well, we'll have to think about it. We talked to them about parking, the shared parking lot in front of that big movie theater. And uh, they said, that, well, they'll just use the front, they'll put a restricted time on it. Today they responded, well, we'll have to talk about it. So, and then when I look at what he told us about the occupancy, I have significant concerns again. So I don't think the city of Midland, I don't think this commission, I don't think this business district is that desperate to rush into something without doing a little more research or a lot more research. And I really don't think it's the right project for the area. Thank you. Thank you for your comments. Additional public comments in opposition? Good evening. Good evening, Christine Rapanis, 1400 Avalon Street, Midland, Michigan. And um, I want to thank the Planning Commission for allowing me to talk. And I also want to say that I um, thank the petitioner and David for calling a meeting to meet with them. I appreciate that. I thought that was reaching out to us. So, you know, I want to get that out and I want to make one correction. You know where I said a resident had died, apparently the resident was lost. <laughs> so I misunderstood even my own husband. Um, as I said in my letter, I, I have some concerns. And because um, this directly involves me and our businesses, and it's not like it's a separate drive, it's not like it's, you know, a separate parcel. We share. So it's like having a public space where you share a common area. So that inflicts more on us than a typical, if it was just standalone, their own entrance, their own things. So as I said, I have questions and um, I wrote them to you so you could think about them. And as I said, we did call again to verify when he said it was 60% and she's like 26, 20, you know, and they estimated her goal is eight new ones per month, you know, and it depends on how many um, employees they can get at the same time. You know, there's, you can't get too many um, residents and not have enough staff and vice versa. So I was a little surprised when I saw the 60%. So as I said, you know, I look at it as I think there should be more discovery into it. I think there's questions that need to be answered. I know for me, it's easy for people to say, yeah, you know, we'll do that. And then once they get their approval, they don't need to do it. <laughs> so, you know, that's why I really had more questions and things for, for you guys to think about. And at this time, I'm still in opposition but as I said, you know, I want to be reasonable. They can buy and do what they want, but you're looking at changing and doing a PUD, which directly affects regional commercial. So to me, there's just still more questions to ask. So thank you. Thank you for your comments. Additional public comments in opposition. Additional public comments in opposition. All right, um, we'll invite the petitioner back up for final comments and rebuttal. Ask that we continue to direct comments and questions at Planning Commission as well. Thank you. Yes, sir, ma'am. 
when I said 60 rooms are occupied, I didn't say 60%, number one. This is not a hotel, this is assisted living. Here the people book their rooms in advance when they need a care for their loved ones. As on today, we have got 60 beds which are just given it out like for people, earmark for people and they are there. They have paid their deposits and everything, number one. Number two, this facility opened only in August. I really wish to have some photographic evidence to see a cement is uprooted or something. I mean, that is a $24 million facility. And you think that we are just going to waste away our facility or building? Number three, we had a meeting and we were asked that we, we get in the ambulance if there is an emergency or for the residents. In the email what I received yesterday, we responded. I said we need to give some exceptions. If there is emergency, they might have to use the front entrance. It cannot be that all the time ambulance if it's serious emergency. We cannot be waiting for this logistics to happen. Regarding the parking, yes, we had discussed with them and agreed that we will do some type of limited hour parking, like uh, somebody is going to drop their parents. We cannot tell them to go to the back door. We need to give them two hours to bring in their parents to the front door. So we agreed that we'll give a limited hour. So a lot of the questions what okay, I mean, I can answer any of their questions, but end of the day, if they're going to say that it's going to hurt their business or something, we even agreed with them on the signage that there will be no long pole sign. Assisted living and senior care will be written in small words. Yes, landmark will be written like where people can see us. So we tried to adjust everything and if they're going, to, I mean, somebody is going to trash my property in Clinton Township, sir. I really feel sorry for that. Thank you. Appreciate it. We'll go ahead and close the public hearing, and we'll move into deliberation by the Planning Commission. Um, just to if go I ahead. Could jump in, Chairman. I think um, I know um, Commissioner Panasic did ask for um, kind of the answers to the ten questions. So I know there's been a couple of them that have been discussed already, um, but I do want to just make sure that. We're on um, <clears throat> that there has been answers to some of these other ones. Um, <clears throat> the question related to the comfort and suites um, on number three, of course, that was answered by the applicant being it's in the process of being developed. Number four, um, will the change in use affect future development for the old Studio M building since it's zoned RC? Um, <clears throat> this would not have this approval of the PUD would not have impact on that property, um, depending on what. Um, what you define as effect um, is, is more of a subjective thing that each of the, the planning commissioners will need to answer um, based off of your um, opinion on the uses and how they would relate with one another. Five being that if the PUD is granted, is there a mechanism in place to prevent long-term residents in the campground or an apartment building from being built? <clears throat> um, both long-term use of the campground and then the apartment building would be a change of use um, and that would require further approval by the city council so they would have to go forward with another approval in order to have that be granted uh, legally. Um, is there a mechanism to prevent the best uh, Western and Days Inn from being converted to apartment building? Same thing, that would need to go back through city council approval. Um, a mechanism to prevent this hospital to convert to hospice, again, that would be a change of use, um, being that this is assisted living and memory care. Um, 
question of this setting, in a, setting a precedent, um, it's important to recognize that PUDs are reviewed under criteria and then the merits of the proposal themselves. So there really wouldn't be precedents that would be established by this because each individual PUD is going to be considered under its own uh, bearings of merits and the eligibility criteria. Related to the um, requesting an upgrade of the facade of the building and bringing it up to code since the use has not changed. My understanding is that this would include an improvement to the facade. I'm seeing some head nods too. But one thing I do want to point out is that because it's a change of use, it does have to meet full building code um, requirements. So this would be given a, a building permit review. There'd need to be stamped architectural plans and all of those details would be dealt with after the PUD uh, detailed plan would be approved if approved. And then lastly is um, related to the question of the ambulance pickup and drop off. One thing I think it's important to recognize on this is that by nature of these uses, there is additional services in the, um, in the form of ambulances and fire trucks that do go out to these facilities. That's just the nature of the use themselves. So that should be um, something that individual commissioners give credence to, to understand that yes, going from a hotel to use to assisted living will by nature include um, more ambulance and fire truck um, access. Question of, of demand and market support, we really don't ever concern ourselves with the question of market support. We always do assume that the applicant, by coming forward to us, has done their research. Um, we never ask. Um, I always use Taco Bell, so I'll use a different um, example. <laughs> but we wouldn't ask a, uh, a Chick-fil-A, for example, if they feel that there's a market yeah. for this. We always assume that they've done their research. And so I would encourage the Planning Commission to not render your decision based off of um, market. Um, it really is a question of design, and it's a question of compatibility of use, um, knowing that the eligibility criteria has been met. So I don't know if there's any follow-up questions on these as I've gone through. No, I, I appreciate you going through these. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Yep. So no other follow-up questions for him? No. Um, so as we move into deliberation, um, I mean, we are, we've gotten through our customary two weeks. Um, so I mean, I, as far as actions we can take tonight, um, and then we could potentially table this um, until a future date or our next meeting. Um, but at some point, we do need to take action on this in some way, shape, or form. So. Yep, and if I could interject into that. So there isn't a, so we do have deadlines under site plans of a, a time frame that we do need to take action on. Um, state law under the Michigan Enabling Act does say that there needs to be a reasonable time frame, reasonable, a reasonable time frame for action to be taken by city council. So that would be final approval. So I, I would urge the commission to render it this evening and, and, and a recommendation this evening if you absolutely can. Um, we could entertain discussions of, of tabling if necessary. Um, but because city council would give final approval and we're still a few weeks out from when we could even get that to public hearing, um, I do think we um, should act on this if we can. Comments, commissioners? I'll you know, just give my thinking on this. And last week we heard both the comment in support and a comment in opposition addressing some of the undesirable activity that's currently taking place there. And uh, to the extent that that would involve the days in or the best Western converting to an assisted living, I, I, I believe would ameliorate that to some extent in the medium term. Uh, some other thoughts, and maybe Grant can comment on this one, is if you're going to convert 
a hotel to a assisted living, a PUD feels like the way to do that because you are going from a commercial use to something that's normally off a service. And then uh, the other things that I'm thinking of are that I'm concluded, you can correct me if I'm wrong, that there is a demand, not just for housing in general, but for senior housing in particular based on the, the data they've cited and just various experiences too. And converting a hotel to that helps meet that. The, a logical way to do that is via PUD. The other thing about the commercial nature of the neighborhood, I'm sensitive to that, and this, if this were a greenfield, I'd be in opposition to that. But another valid use of a PUD, as I understand it, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, is adaptive reuse. Hmm. And, you know, given that that hotel's there, I believe I heard last week that because of the concrete wall, interior walls and things, renovating that as a hotel and keeping that use would be fairly prohibitive. Demolition is, has its own consequences. And so, given that we're dealing with the, hate to use the word brownfield, but dealing with an existing structure, the adaptive reuse makes sense to me conceptually. Now, there's a thousand ways this could, you know, go off the rails in a, yeah, the detailed design perspective, but that's not really our role, as I, I understand it. So kind of, even though this is not ideal, uh, you know, people coming into Midland, I think a, uh, in the medium term, a well-maintained assisted living facility would be more in the interest of the image of the town than a uh, two hotels that are deteriorating. And I, I don't really see a good path forward based on comments about what it would take to bring those up to a modern competitive hotel standard that I, I don't really, you know, I don't, that, and again, Sean, you know, people who actually develop things have their perspectives better than mine, but medium term, I think this is more in the interest and aligned to what a PUD should do. Okay, and, and I'm just giving my well, I think you've, you've preliminary said conclusions now, but they're preliminary and are subject to change based on uh, the dialogue I hope we have. I think you've, you've expressed um, many concerns in the past, and if I'm hearing you correctly, it sounds like a lot of those have been largely, at least in the medium term, resolved. Is that correct? Yeah, at a conceptual level. Do you have additional concerns long term? 
Uh, well, you know how the thing operates, and we are locking ourselves in to something that isn't going to be in the master plan. I mean, we're making a decision in probably a 20 to 25 year horizon that will ameliorate something that could head south in the next few years. So, you know, this is a, uh, uh, you know, I view it as a, you know, a positive, like I, I tried to say medium term, medium term. This is uh, not uh, necessarily uh, consistent with a 30 year vision of that parcel, but you look at a, a lot of damage can happen in you know five to fifteen years, if if that place uh, uh, goes the way of the old Holiday Inn. Okay. Other comments? I, I just for me, um, <clears throat> I was concerned with some of the questions that um, Christine had asked, and um, gave me a little bit more comfort in some of these that there is an additional approval. You know, for some of these, uh, you know, she had asked about mechanisms. So I think answering those grant uh, gave me a little bit more confidence that if there was another change to this, it would have to come back through for additional approvals, is what I'm understanding. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I agree with much of what Jane just said. It's, yeah. uh, the, you know, the adapting a reuse for this is probably the best bet. You know? um, so. Thank you. Other comments? Amy, I don't want to put you on the spot, but I know you've had concerns in the past, so I just wanted to give you the opportunity. Uh, or not. I, I don't think I have anything to say right now. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, though. Other comments? I guess I have, I'm not even sure if it's a legitimate question or not, but when it comes to the master plan, what is, what's our, how do we handle it when we, you know, choose something that doesn't adhere, and then do we revise? How does that work? And I guess what amount are we comfortable with? that taking place. I think that's my concern. Yeah, so so I guess I can speak from a historical perspective. So in an approval of a PUD like this, um, we wouldn't um, automatically go back and change that designation of the master plan. Um, what we would, what the decision would be is that based off of all of the information that's been presented that this is an, an appropriate departure from the master plan's vision of being just commercial. And uh, the question of whether it's appropriate really does lie in the discussion that you're all having right now. Um, <clears throat> and and, and that, that's something that I think, um, from a historical perspective, we really have had very Euclidean approaches to our uses. We really have separated out a lot of commercial and industrial from residential. And so from a historical perspective, that has always been the case. Now we do know that there's different best practices that have started to emerge um, to mix uses that are appropriate with one another. So again, it gets back to that more subjective decision that you all have to reach. Um, so I don't know if that's helpful at all. It, I, I can't. it is. It's helpful. I, I think I just, um, I, when I think of a master plan, I think of it as being a really, really great plan. And obviously a lot of deliberation went into making it. So I think my concern lies with taking something that we've agreed is an excellent way to move and getting you know community support behind and then introducing things that directly oppose what we've kind of said is a great standard to keep. And I think that's where I, 
I stand and I, you know, I appreciate the times that we have public comments because I think some things we can, you know, kind of deem are maybe less of a, you know, concern for the public, but the fact that there have been comments and they have been in opposition is kind of a concern for me as well. And you, if I'm hearing you correctly, part of the concern from your perspective is that, um, uh, to your point, this isn't necessarily technically a regional commercial, which is on the master plan. Right. Um, what impact does that have for other areas on the city's master plan? There? Exactly. That, okay. And even that one in particular, I think we've, you know, we've discussed in earlier meetings before we had this plan in front of us, the future use of particularly that area and what could happen there and, you know, how the community, community felt about that. And we'd kind of chosen it as like a hot spot for things that could change and, you know, with Costco being there, those are big things. And so I think if this were an area that we hadn't already identified as being important in that plan, I'd feel more comfortable making a decision and, you know, that opposes what we've kind of set forth. But because it's one that we did already identify was a big deal, I think we should take those sorts of decisions very cautiously. Okay. Makes sense. Appreciate it. Thank you. Other comments? So uh, this, we make recommendations in the affirmative, so uh, this would be no different than our other ones. So we'd need a, uh, a motion and a second to recommend approval of PUD number 19 to the city council, correct, Grant? That's correct. And if that motion were to fail, the recommendation would be um, a recommendation of denial. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if there are no other comments, I am looking for that motion. I guess I just have one other comment. Um, I, I am familiar that there are some other um, RC developments going in over in that corridor as well. And kind of to your point, I think it is important to point that out because there will be, although a lot of it is uh, farm field right now, where it might be easy to see like a, a change that might not have otherwise been intentional. Um, I know that there are other plans going in over there that are indeed in line with the master plan. Something to point out. Yeah. So if no one else will, I will go ahead and make the motion unless, James, uh, go ahead. I'll make the motion just to put it on the table. I move that we uh, uh, forward a recommendation of approval for this PUD at a concept plan level to the city council. And a second. We have a motion and a second. Mr. Mercer, will you please call roll? All right, so the motion is to recommend approval of PUD 19, the concept plan to city council. Correct. Okay. Panasic. Yes. Fields? No. Kohlinger? No. Seidel? Yes. Roderick? No. Bain? Yes. And Decro? Yes. That motion is approved 4-3. Uh, All right. All right, guys, this next date is with City Council. Um, really appreciate um, everyone's participation this evening. Thank you again to the applicant for the additional information. Um, and uh, we'll move along in the process. So that date for City Council is when again? Um, so they'll schedule the public hearing on the 14th. They'll hold the public hearing on the 28th. Okay. Thank you very much. Um, should we break five minutes to let people leave if they need to, or? It is up to you. We don't have much of an agenda after this. So if folks do want to leave quietly, they're welcome to do that. So 
All right, um, we will keep moving on. Yes. So if you would like to, uh, if you're not staying for the rest, free to, to leave at this time, um, and we will move on in our agenda. So um, next item is public comments unrelated to items on the agenda. Any public comments for items unrelated, <coughs> excuse me, unrelated to items on the agenda? Next item is uh, new business, uh, which we have none. That's correct. Uh, communications, I'm seeing one uh, uh, communication in front of us. Mm -hmm. Report of the chairperson, I have none. And we do have something for the report of the planning director. That's correct. So uh, first, I want to just make mention we had been working to schedule the coffee chats for City Modern um, with the collective action groups in town. Um, just due to the nature of Omicron um, prevalence within the community, we have we do have a directive at the city to avoid all in-person meetings that are not um, essential like we're doing this evening. Um, and so that has been a bit delayed. We're likely going to take that back up in February. Um, related to that, we have had continued work on Urban 3's economic development analysis or economic productivity analysis. Uh, Ryan and I actually just had an update meeting with them this afternoon. Um, I don't want to share any of the details on it since that's something that we'll, we'll do an unveiling of when it gets closer, but um, it's pretty fantastic work that's starting to emerge relative to um, overall productivity and value per acre across the city. So really starting to uh, recognize um, from a municipal perspective, how do we balance our financial model relative to the, the total land area of the city. So it's, it's a very business-oriented type of um, analysis that really positions the city as recognizing that land is the commodity that we manage, um, and we can either do it productively and sustainably, or we can do it unproductively and unsustainably, and there are balances with how we're allowing development to take place. So, um, so that's just a bit of an update. That's continuing to move on. So we're not, we're not fully stalled out on City Modern, I guess is what I'd say, although we are certainly from a public input perspective. Um, the other thing I want to bring up is we do have um, a student um, he here with us. Um, she's actually an employee out at DART, um, Amy Bidwell. And Amy, I didn't chat with you ahead of time, but if you wanted to step up to the podium real quick and address the commission, um, Amy is working through her master's in public administration um, and has an assignment relative to commissions um, and has a bit of information to provide and then a request to all of you. Um, right now, so I'll turn it over to you. Yeah, so thank you. So um, I accepted my new role at Dial-A-Ride in April of 2021, and one of my um, goals is to be able to, uh, I'm now the staff liaison for the DART Advisory Council. So um, I am taking a class now as part of my master's program for board leadership and governance, and your council was um, recommended to me to study for this project by Karen Murphy. Um, as you guys are all very active, um, important work that you do here for the city. And so I'm really looking forward to learning more about how you handle your operations. And one of the first things I'll be doing is um, inviting any of you that are interested to provide me with information so I can compile professional bios on you um, that we could use as part of a board onboarding tool if a new commissioner should come on. So great. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, so I believe that would actually be sent out via email um, to everyone. And so if you want to volunteer to participate in that, you would simply just fill out the form, the online form, and then that would get back to Amy. All right. All right. Thank you, Thank you Amy. All right. Anything else? That is it. <coughs> Excuse me. All right. Uh, so next item on the agenda is items for our next agenda on a meeting on February 8th. At this point, we have one item, and that is the capital improvement plan, correct? Uh, that's correct. Um, we had hoped to have that here this evening. Um, I was unexpectedly out of town last week. 
um, with some family business, but um, we have delayed that uh, two weeks and that will be in front of you for public hearing at that time. Do we have any other uh, public hearings on the agenda at this point? We do not, um, but if you recall, that does include a fairly extensive yep. presentation by the department <laughs> head. I'm actually so, thankful we don't. Um, <laughs> so it's not gonna be too short of a meeting, but at the same time, um, we do have a lot to discuss in that. I think I've updated the commission, but if I have not, um, the concept five sewer improvements um, are going to be part of this year's capital improvement plan. So there is a pretty substantial portion um, that's very different than last year's plan. So we'll point that out in the changes that have been made. And then it's a, a large domino effect through uh, the rest of the capital improvement plan as well in order to accommodate that large um, 50 plus million dollars in sewer improvements. So. time frame for the capital plan is? Is it five years or? Uh, it's the upcoming budget year plus five years. So it's technically six. Okay, thank you. Yep. And that Great. Is it. Um, well, as we close, just again, I really wanna say thank you. Um, so really appreciate each of you as commissioners and your willingness to provide input, um, your candor, your honesty, your transparency. Um, so I think it's really important for issues like this, um, but obviously we've got other issues. We've got um, sewer uh, improvements coming to us. We've got the master plan in front of us. Um, these are um, big tasks. Um, and so I really appreciate that at both the macro and the micro level, um, you know, we comport ourselves in the same way. So um, it's a pleasure working with all of you and just really appreciate um, your candor and your honesty as well. So. Um, I'll get off my soapbox and I will. <laughs> <laughs> I will welcome a motion for adjournment. I, move adjourn. I have a motion. We have a second. second. All right. All those in favor, say aye. 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 Those opposed, same sign. This program is presented by a community producer through Midland Community Television. The City of Midland and MCTV are not responsible for the content of the program. The views presented do not necessarily represent those of the City of Midland or MCTV. If you would like to produce your own program, contact MCTV at 837-3474 or access our website, cityofmidlandmi.gov MCTV. We hope you enjoy the following presentation.